0: in your ear podcast network hello everybody this is the balls in your ear mba podcast i'm josh and with me as always is frank what's up everyone Frank's here um, and we're back we missed one week Frank had uh, you had some uh, school related or covid related schooling issues with your children so you were you were uh, kind of daddy daycared out
1: yeah and, uh, yeah
0: we're all good it just had to stay home you right know, doing a, doing a little daddy daycare for a while and I went to my mom's actually she had a little procedure she's doing great we were uh, just we meant to be on last week we didn't forget we just it, it just wasn't gonna happen. Um, two full time working dads with full time working spouses, every once in a while we 're just not going to have it in us. It just happens sometimes, <laughs> so but we're back and uh we're back for post all star game and mid nCAA tournament madness yeah i and and I still try to catch as much
1: nBA basketball as I could since the all star break i I feel like I just I just can't get enough of it it's It is still like back to back. Nights from all these teams. It's just bam, 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 like eight to 10 games a night. I mean, it's more basketball in a compressed schedule. And then you add in the NCAA tournament last week and Mm -hmm. it
0: was, it was ridiculous. I watched a good chunk of the tournament. What did you think about? um, So traditionally the tournament would have a, the first round would be Thursday and Friday and the second round would be Saturday and Sunday. This year they did it Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. What did you think about that? I didn't like it at all. Me either.
1: <laughs> no, it, re- it really screwed up with my, uh, my internal uh, March Madness clock. Cause I, I usually, cl- I clear that, you know, I clear that out ahead of time for work. I, I figure yeah. out a way I, I use leave time or I just, you know, get a lot of work done ahead of time. And I just, I clear out the schedule and those are, you know, work day afternoons and that's what I'm doing. And I'm not distracted by kids or anything else going on. When you throw, some of that first round in, in a Saturday that made that made for a, a rough day of trying to keep up with everything. And then going into the next work week on Monday, was just very strange uh, with, with the uh,
0: round of 32. Um,
1: yeah. It, on it felt off.
0: Like I yeah. knew it was on, but I wasn't as like tuned in on Monday as I normally would be to the, to the second round. Yeah. We used to um used to come over to my house when we, when we both lived near each other in Jersey and we, I would, like, leave my one child. Back when you had no kids and I only had one, and I would leave my child at daycare, and you and I would, like, sit on my couch and watch basketball for hours, and it was great. I miss, yeah. miss that. <laughs> With no kids and nobody yeah. disturbing us.
1: <laughs> and then the only reason I, I didn't try to do something like that on, on Friday this year is because of COVID. It's like, I can't just be like, hey, can I just crash over at your house? And it's like, well, can right. you prove you're not going to bring me COVID while you do that? Right. While we sit um, and- <laughs> And I live two two hours away now.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, but whatever. It was still fun. And the first round or the first and second round uh, were exciting. And I guess since we're doing NCAA, I want to talk about in an NBA related aside. Mm -hmm. Which players are you looking at? You know, there's the obvious, the kid from um, Oklahoma or whatever, the Oklahoma State, yeah. uh, Um, Who I'm still not like. What's his name? Cade Cunningham. Did yeah. I make that up? It sounds like a made-up name. It sounds like a name you would make up in like a video <clears throat> game, like in a random. If you like randomized your player that you created, it would be Cade Cunningham. So I'm not like blown away by him. Do you think? Uh, how, what are your feelings to, about him? Um,
1: I I like him. I I mean, he looks good. He's what does he um, do?
0: That's extraordinary, though. Like he's good at a lot of things. But I don't. like, what is he? What is he like? Just like transcendent at
1: it's. It's not transcendent athleticism. It, it's. No. It's more like. I'd probably say closer to like a Jason Tatum type. Um, you think he's that
0: explosive with the ball?
1: No, he he, yeah. he doesn't even have the strength or, or quite the size. I mean, he's listed at six eight, but he's lanky. I, yeah, he's a little lankier than, than than Tatum. He'd have to fill out a little bit. Uh, he's, he's got a nice shot though. He's got a nice mid range shot. Um, and I, I mean, that's, that's such a valued skill in the NBA these days. You, you need a guy who can, who can, um, show a good stroke rather than a guy who you feel confident can drive in the lane and do something great when they get to the rim. Cause yeah. you know, I mean, you, you know, the, the game is all about passing the ball around looking for the open shot, or maybe you get somebody cutting or somebody open underneath, but it's usually not the, uh, the one-on-one drives to the basket.
0: Um, I like his, I like his, his court vision. I like the way he, he helps move the ball. And I wonder if, if he had better teammates, if we might see him be better, but like, for the guy that, you know, is the one college player, whose name I know off the top of my head, I'm not like blown away by him. But then again, I was blown away by like Andrew Wiggins. So, you know, and he's become a thoroughly mediocre NBA player. So who knows? Yeah.
1: And well, you were blown away by Josh Jackson of Kansas too. Remember him?
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. athletically,
1: he, the guy was like a freak.
0: Yeah. Um, loved him. He had a, he had mental issues though. And I think he's still like floating around the NBA a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah. I did like him a lot. And I, and I loved, you know, I was Ben Simmons guy uh who some i was not a, <laughs> I know, not a ben simmons guy no you're still not a guy.
1: one year at lsu and you, i swear you could watch him playing and be like this guy has no heart <laughs> like this gate this guy does not like the game like somebody Except handed him a ball does. in australia like they're like you are going to make a good basketball player and he just was like okay like <laughs> th- this is my ticket to success and the guy is like no passion for the game
0: well, the guys I really—I don't—we're gonna move on from Ben Simmons. Talk yeah, with you. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll put
1: that aside.
0: <laughs> um, the guy, I, the guys I really liked were um, the, were some big men. I really liked uh, the, who are the brothers um, on USC. The 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 taller, skinnier one. What are their names? Oh, there's uh, Evan
1: Mobley. Yeah, and, and his Evan. Brother.
0: Evan's the the seven footer, right? Mm-hmm. With like the smooth stroke, that guy—if that's not Dirk Nowitzki reborn, I don't know what Dirk Nowitzki reborn would look like. That dude, he's going to go in the NBA. He's going to go in as like a late or mid first round pick, and he's going to—he's going to be immediate. Star, he's going to be a starter within one year, and he's going to be an all star within three. That's—that's that's what I think about him. Mobile. I think he's—I think he's going up the boards. So I think he's going to be a top five pick. You think? Um,
1: yeah, because I, I think he's showing a wider variety of skills than, than, than the big men of old, it, it, it's, it's not like the guy who they're, they're not hoping for a seven footer. Like they, like they wanted out of, out of Greg Odin or, um or, or those guys like from Connecticut, like he's like, not
0: plotting, like to he's, beat he's or, smooth
1: out there. Right. And so I think he has along, along with the height and, you know, they always love the height, but he's got, he's, he's got a smoothness to him. He doesn't look look awkward out there yeah. He's obviously you know a
0: defensive plus uh with blocking ability um, and he's a good blocker he's not just like a tall guy he actually right. like understands positioning and he puts himself in a good spot and he doesn't get stupid fouls on him i just i'm re- I, I love this kid i'm super excited about this kid i think he's gonna be good and he can yeah. shoot the three like legitimately not just from one spot like in bead he can shoot if he's open he's gonna pop it
1: yeah, so he's like a big guy for the modern NBA, which right. makes me think teams are not going to avoid him like they have been in recent years. Um, another guy who looked really great in the tournament, first couple of games, um, and they're, they're out of it now, is um, Iowa's Luke Garza, but he is the old style big guy. He's a he's guy who just uh, puts up big, big double-double for Iowa, games. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, Iowa. Is, Puts up like, you know, 20 points and 10 boards, no problem in the Big Ten as as the focal point of their offense. He's he's got some nice post moves and all, and he's he's real nimble on his feet around the basket, mm-hmm. but he's got like no athleticism and doesn't bring anything. He brings he brings like no defensive ability, no blocking right. ability. Um and like the dude from
0: Duke. Who was the guy the Sixers drafted from Duke, uh, right before him the year before Embiid? What was his name he had like 20 20 and 10 a game in college oh, and then oh like uh jaleel okafor, okafor? yeah, yeah jaleel okafor.
1: right yeah it's a guy who who's he's he's the perfect big man for a mm-hmm. college basketball offense and i love to see that some sometimes the reason i like to watch college about college basketball is i like to see sort of that uh more classic style of play that you can still get away with um in, in a lot of the conferences and, and you can decide to build a team around a big man in a, a traditional game like that. So sometimes that's enjoyable, but you just know they're not going to be projected to be definitely not a lottery pick. I mean, they may make it to a late first round or second round pick, but nobody's, nobody's pinning their hopes on, on a guy like that anymore
0: to be a the starter. The kid from um, Michigan, I think, who is also like a kind of like a big plotting big man. I think he's going to have a chance. The freshman, uh, he's, he might have an NBA chance, I think, in him. He's got some other skills he's going to grow. Um, I can't remember his name either, but I just watched him play the other night. Yeah. The, the guy I really liked was... Um, You're
1: not talking about uh, about uh, Wagner, are you? The no, you're talking about the other no, guy in Michigan. Or Dickinson, yeah. whatever his name is. Yeah, Dickinson on Dickinson. Uh, Hunter Michigan. Dickinson,
0: yeah. Yeah, that guy does look promising. Good hands, good footwork. He's yeah. big. He, he still looks like he's learning the game. He's going to be an intriguing one. I really like the kid on Clemson named uh, Sims, their center, who also was like – that game was infuriating to me because Clemson was – I think it was against Florida. I can't remember who they were playing. Um, but they uh, they kept – they were running the offense through their center as like a point forward kind of center role. And the mm. offense was so smooth. And then as soon as they stopped doing that, they fell apart and they lost the game. Um, but I like that kid Sims. I think he's another one. There's some big men that I like. There's some really modern big men that are really about to come into this league and, and fill it out a little bit, which is cool. Yeah. They don't, they don't look like you brought up um, Greg Odin. And I, I never forget um, one of the guys that I read. Uh, talking about when Greg Oden when he saw Greg Oden in person he did, he he looked at the way he walked and was like this guy's never gonna make it
1: because oh he like God.
0: plotted like he had no yeah. smoothness to his gait and like he was like this guy's done he's got a hitch in his walk and I feel like yeah. we're, start, we're seeing these smooth big men out there that don't that aren't plotting like that these guys have been doing like yoga and pilates and like swimming and training their bodies to be like to be much more flexible than big men used to be.
1: Right. And you think of, um, remember Roy Hibbert coming out
0: of Georgetown. He's yeah. like
1: this really huge guy, but awkward as hell out there.
0: Totally awkward. Yeah. <laughs> um, Prazingis is a little bit awkward too. And I think he, he is. you, you yeah. see that he's hurt all the time and that's yep. part of it. And and you can see Embiid and Jokic are, are working very hard to keep their bodies a little bit more flexible and not like become these big tanks out there. And, and Giannis too, for that matter. Um, Giannis, who can blow by Ben Simmons off the dribble, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if, and, um, and
1: and Bede is kind of he he he's really walking that line. I think between being a, a little bit awkward or a little bit overweight. I mean, I, I think you can tell he's uh, he's getting thinner. He's he's yeah he's kept up his his overall fitness, which seems to be really important for for his build and for reducing, um, you know, wear and tear on his knees and everything. Yeah. Um, but. Sorry, yeah. Just going going back to the college players. Um, I'm not. I'm I'm not totally impressed. It's not supposed to be a really strong draft. These aren't the Cunningham guy and the um, um the 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 Evan guy we were just talking about from uh, Evan from USC. Mobley. Mobley. Yeah, yeah. The, and his brother. His brother's probably going to get drafted too. And his brother. Yeah. Um. This. These aren't like the type of prospects that we're used to seeing. Um, you know, a bunch of guys from Duke, Kentucky and Kansas who are filling up the top 15 picks, uh, who were, they were McDonald's all Americans. They already Mm -hmm. started excelling in college. And then they go straight to the NBA draft that that just didn't happen this year.
0: Um, the kid from, uh, Syracuse, the coach's son, I think he's going to have a chance. Uh, he's got a little Steph Curry to him. A little bit of that. Like once I'm in the building, I'm open and I can shoot threes from anywhere (laughs) thing. Which is always fun.
1: Uh, yeah, Beheim. Ba- I think he's Beheim the third. Um, right. Yeah. No, I I was kind of surprised by that. I I just I just figured he'd be a little bit of a role player, you know, coach's son, like mm-hmm. co- uh,
0: like basically coach on the court kind of thing. Right. No, he can <laughs> um, score, and he's got some size right. to him. Yeah, he's impressive. Uh, it's been a fun tournament. I'm I'm looking forward to when does it does it start Thursday or Friday? No, it's it, it's Saturday. weird again. It's starting Friday night. Friday night. Okay. Yeah. So by the time It'll this be- comes out, we're recording it Wednesday. It'll be Thursday. We might be past the trade deadline when this comes out, but the tournament will not have rekindled itself yet. Right. Yeah. Trade deadlines tomorrow. Um, At three. The tournament so. is going to be Thursday through Monday. Again, the Sweet 16 and Elite 8. So before we talk trade deadline, I think we should talk about. Um, I know you want to talk about LeBron James's injury. And with the Lakers now having Anthony Davis and LeBron on the shelf for a while at least quite a few more weeks I wonder what that does to the trade deadline. I wonder what that does to teams in the West that maybe start sniffing a higher seed with the and or smelling you know blood in the water a little bit
1: yeah i mean i I would think a team that's not really in playoff contention might be sniffing like
0: a good deal <laughs> from the Lakers. Well, a the Kings team, up to the right? the Kings are 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 the Rockets and the Timberwolves are the only teams that are like absolutely dead in the water. And the Rockets are like crashing down to earth, you know, whatever metaphor you want for Rockets. And the Timberwolves don't seem to know what they're doing, but the Timberwolves do funny enough seem to be like they're trying to buy at the deadline. I know they had a they had their eye on John Collins was a big thing. Um, I don't know if Collins is going to move now. It seems like Atlanta was kind of like, we're willing to pay him, but if you want to you know, give us a Godfather offer, we'll take it. Right. And the Timberwolves are kind of set, set, centering a package around um, Beasley, but I guess they weren't willing to give up the picks to make it happen. Um, the Rockets are in a fire sale, but every, from the Kings, uh, the Kings are, are 13th out of 15, but they're only – four-ish games out of the playoffs right now. They, so,
1: I, I think I told you this before. I like I like the Kings. I like so many of the young. I like De'Aaron Fox. I like Buddy Heald. Um, they Halliburton. Have,
0: Halliburton's my ha, dude. Ha,
1: Halliburton. Those three guys. But I, And they have... Rashard, um, don't forget Richard Holmes of The Process, mm-hmm. who's a pretty yep. good player. Yeah, those those four guys. Plus, uh, Harrison Barnes yeah, is Harrison still Barnes. hanging around there. Yeah. Now, uh, there have been rumors for a while now that they're trying to unload Harrison Barnes to a team that that wants to add him. Um, Harrison Barnes
0: every single year is he and JaVale McGee are like the human trade rumors, every single trade deadline. They're both being talked about by everybody. And uh, yet they never, like McGee always ends up on a good team and Barnes just stays wherever he is. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So Barnes was a guy, um, he he went to Carolina. um, So, you know, I, I watched him from then. He was a huge get for the Tar Heels at the time. He was considered one of the best players in the country he's never lived up to the expectations. I obviously with the Warriors, they were hoping he would keep growing with them and he kind of stagnated, which is yeah. why at the point where he was ready for another contract, they gave up on him. That's and then when they went like, to
0: Dallas, right? Yeah. Or they started like,
1: Um we're going to get Kevin Durant now. Yeah. <laughs> and like yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> they made the right choice. <laughs> yeah, but he but he was on that the the first team that uh that won the championship with them before Durant. So right. so they they may do with him, but he was like the weakest link of their.
0: Of their they were starters. hoping he would be like a point forward kind of character that could help get Steph off the ball a little bit, but it never quite. I mean, that's what Draymond became.
1: So. Yeah, he, he he never found his role on that team because I think of what Draymond's role was. Mm-hmm. So Harrison, it, it, it's like you could see the team work on getting him involved so that he wouldn't get bored and, and he would get in, get into the game. They'd have to like work it to him on purpose and that would get them out of their offense involving Steph right. and clay. Right. They'd, they'd give it to him, um, you know, out, out on the wing. So he he could, he could try to do something, working it down um, closer to the post or doing a little turnaround jumper. And he'd do a little bit of that and get, get, a, break a little sweat and get involved. And sometimes that would, That would get him going, and then in turn he'd start to play some better defense, which is what they really needed him for, um, you know, in in those playoff runs. More of like that's enough on
0: Harrison Barnes. I don't think we need to get that deep. But Uh, speaking of the Warriors, the the player that I I think the Warriors are. I mean, we've talked about them before. They're they're currently ninth. They're a game and a half out. Um, They're they're
1: done. They're done because Curry's stuff is going to be out more. I, I I think they're done. And, and and with that, I think Steph Curry, just like LeBron, I mean, I think they both should be out of the MVP race completely. Um, I think the Lakers are going to drop in the standings, and I think the Warriors are going to stay out of the playoffs. And you probably have to watch for Memphis or maybe the, the Kings, but may, yeah. maybe Memphis, maybe the Kings. And the Pellies.
0: Don't forget my Pellies. <laughs> that's that's but the, true. But that's the funny thing is like the Pelicans have been nothing but um, sellers for the rumors, especially around – um Lonzo which is funny to me the the story seems to be and I even did my homework on the Pelicans like subreddit to, to hear what their fans are talking about yeah the story seems to be that they're gonna stick with um is it Bledsoe or Gordon I always forget which one they have they have a uh, whichever one it is Eric Bledsoe or or Gordon um I always they're like the same player to me, even though they're not, Yeah, that's not No, fair. I always get them mixed up too. Um, I think they have, I think they have Bledsoe. Anyway. I think um, they have Bledsoe. <laughs> basically, the, the, the story that the Pelican fans are telling themselves is that they have to move ball because they don't want to give him a max contract or or even like a $20 million a year contract. And yes, there's, it's and, like Bledsoe. But... And they can't get Bledsoe, they can't get anybody to take Bledsoe without giving up picks because of his contract. And mm. apparently, he's got a bad attitude. So... <laughs> they there. But the, to me, this is what bothers me about this is one of the things that I don't like about the NBA, the way that teams run themselves. New Orleans is not a free agency destination, right? I mean, the city's great. This is not a knock on the city. The market's just too small. And, you know, it's not on a coast. So they're never going to get a big, expensive free agent. They have Brandon Ingram, who is, remains like a really like tantalizing talent who they already right. paid and they yeah, got he just, Zion. He just had a sick a, game last night, Brandon Ingram. So I right. he's capable when he's, when he's locked in, he's, a, you know, a top 10, 20 scorer in the league and they got um, Zion and they got yeah. ball. Who's re- really been playing wonderful basketball this year and they stink. They're not very good. <laughs> They're five yeah. games under 500. And two of these guys are, are already like, like Zion's guaranteed to get maxed. Ingram's already maxed to me. I'm like, commit to ball and let those three guys develop. Like, like it's, it can't be like a year to year thing. You gotta be like, we're giving these guys three years to play together and, and see. And,
1: and Steven, they've Steven Adams too, by the way. Well, was, I mean, he's I not a love, piece, but he's a good player. And they have a coach they, that I like. Listen, guess who their highest paid player is? It's, it's by it's far. Gordon Steven Adams, 29 no, it's, million. Yeah. Really? i swear to God. They're, they're, per year? <laughs> Yeah, that's his salary this season.
0: He's, Stephen he Adams. makes
1: more. Steven Adams is higher than Brandon Ingram. Adams is 29 million. Brandon Ingram is 27 million. How the fuck mil. did Steven
0: Adams get a near? <laughs> that's like almost a max contract. Maybe in that ridiculous is the internet lying? year. Uh, <laughs> that's and, and then absurd. everybody
1: else is, is way behind that. Oh, so besides uh, Eric Bledsoe, uh, I know where it is, is that they're trying to deal JJ Reddick, too. Well, and A I, I lot think
0: of teams who would want him as, as an extra shooter going into the playoffs. Last I heard is they're going to buy him out. Okay. Which which would mean he could sign anywhere for a veteran's minimum and still get paid, which means he's probably coming to Philly or Brooklyn. Those were really mm. the two places. Because I know yeah, he, his, his family's in Brooklyn, but he's got ties to Philly. Right, and he's, yeah. And he's boys with, with Embiid. Um, well, he's so, at 13
1: mil now, his salary. So what's the veteran's minimum?
0: Uh, I don't know, like under, I think it's under a million or near a million, but I don't think it like, hurt, like, I think you can always sign a minimum player, no matter what your salary cap situation yeah. is. You can always sign a guy for a minimum. So he's going to, he's going to get his pick. I think he's going to get the buyout and get picked. Um, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Cause, cause the last time he was on the Sixers, he was a huge presence in that playoff series that, that run that ended against the Raptors. Um, but he was. It was impossible not to notice that he was a defensive liability on the court, especially when that team had yeah. a lot of defensive liabilities because they were putting Ilyasova and Marco Belnelli out there who were just defensive sieves. And so even with Jimmy Butler and, and Ben Simmons and Embiid out there, they, they would often have two or three guys that were just awful on defense out on the court at the same time. That is not the case of this year's Sixers, who is fucking eight guys deep with good defensive players. So, yeah, so
1: Redick would would be great, obviously, as a three point shooter and a shooter in general on the one mm-hmm. side, and, and it's kind of like you hope he's trading threes for letting a guy blow by him for layup on the other end,
0: right? So like, that's three okay. to two, and then you win. Right. <laughs> it's like it's <laughs>
1: sort of a net positive, but like yeah, if you if you had a better overall team defense behind him, then yeah. you wouldn't even have to worry about that happening exactly.
0: And I know that he and he and Embiid had that really, they really developed a really nice like handoff game that they would pull. Like it it wasn't really a pick and roll. It was more like the like Redick would just run past him from anywhere on the court and get a handoff and then bang a three while Embiid blocked him. And it was beautiful. Um, so yeah, that's the, the Pelicans are even though they're still in the playoffs, they seem to be sellers. I don't know what the Grizzlies are doing or the Mavericks. Um, I love, I love, I still love the Mavericks. I still think
1: they're going to climb up in the standings. Um, so the Nuggets are doing great, and the other team I really like, I, and mm-hmm. I kind of think the Nuggets are poised to overtake both the Clippers and the Lakers so that you'd have basically Utah, Phoenix, and Denver at the top of the West.
0: Yeah, with um, Phoenix being the best team. I'm sticking by this. I'm, <laughs> sta- I'm My my Phoenix and, and Charlotte, um, like, uh, rooting parts of my brain are in overdrive right now because they're just both playing great. Um, and I, I really, I am waiting for when
1: Dallas is going to take over, um, Portland and San Antonio and, and climb up a little bit higher. I, f- I think it's about time. They're definitely playing better since the all-star break than both Portland and San Antonio. Um, I, I know a lot was made of, uh, of Dame Lillard. I, you know, he had whatever, one of those 50 point games and then some other ridiculous team, awesome. but then he goes, he goes back and it has the games. And this is just what I said is my problem with him. Where he has like a twenty two point game, a nineteen point game the other night because oh, when, he only when got he, you
0: twenty points oh, no, but, on an off but, night,
1: but but it's because <laughs> his shooting is so bad on those nights, and and so when he's like three for twelve from three point land, his his overall numbers are going to be terrible, and those are most of the shots that he takes now. So he he's either got to be, you know, he he makes like seven of 11 threes and has this amazing game, or his threes are off and and they lose and he is a bad game. So I, that's why I'm, I know people are looking at him as well. CJ's back.
0: I think that's why yeah. I think yeah. because CJ's back and that's, he's always the one who can like take the ball handle the ball out of his hands a little bit and do some creation and, and dribble drives and stuff. Um, yeah. I don't so, think Portland's like a championship team.
1: No. And I'm, but, I'm, so I'm fading Portland and, and Dame Lillard for MVP too. I just, I don't, I don't, think we're gonna to see too many of these like 40 to 50 point ridiculous games from him. And I don't think Portland's gonna be able to win at the pace that they
0: would need to. Well I know you have some strong MVP opinions. So why don't you well hold on before we go into that let's talk I just want to talk more about some guys that are on the trade block that that I've been reading the names yeah. of so we'll see. So um it seems like uh Zach Levine is not he's he's not going anywhere as much as I want him to. Uh Aaron Gordon the actual Aaron Gordon uh, is very likely to move. I think I'm putting him as a very likely to move Orlando wants to get something back for him. They're not really using him. They don't need him. Uh, They're not trading Vucevic. Uh, I think Gordon, you know, the Celtics are the clearly the team that's like sniffing hardest at him. But uh, I think we could see, we could see him move. Kyle Lowry is still tied mainly to the heat and the Sixers and all the reports as of now are Miami looks like they're in the driver's seat because um, they can they might offer up uh, Duncan Robinson. I was just gonna say yeah.
1: I, I was like they've got to be getting rid of either Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero because they're not gonna get rid of Hero even though he's slumping right now. I, I mean those can. guys are such great three point shooters and I really think they're the reason. I mean Jimmy Butler of course is like the obvious reason they made that surprise run to the finals, but. To have those two sharpshooters like that yeah. is is such a great thing to have, but you, you could never have those guys and Kyle Lowry and have enough shots to go around. So I was wondering which
0: one of those they. It they sounds like up. it's going to be it's going to be Robinson and probably Dra- Gor- Goran Dragic. Dragic, Dragic, I can't say his name, Dragic, and um and probably picks that. I think that's yeah. that's pretty close to happening. Um, okay. the Pacers are sho- are shopping Malcolm Brogdon. I know the Sixers have really sniffed. The Sixers are going to be involved in every rumor, um, but they've really sniffed around him. I think that's really intriguing for the Sixers. I think he'd be a nice fit. Um, he can he can kind of just do. He can be like kind of like another Tobias out there. Like he can just kind of do all the things pretty well, and he can help you in a lot of ways. Maybe not the like bulldog playoff guy that like Kyle Lowry is, but he certainly wouldn't be a bad consolation prize. Um, so Ricky the Rubio, be
1: buyers. This season are the Knicks gonna be the buyers for the first time in, in a while.
0: The Knicks are attached to every single player, including ones that like are just like dumb, like Andre Drummond and stuff like that. They're just like yeah. they want everybody. They're they are so desperate to just add any names to that team. And right. as an aside, well, I'll save this for later. I got another one, but um Ricky Rubio is being talked about in like tons of trades, uh, just as like because he wants to get out of Minnesota so bad. He he said the culture there is basically fucked and that they don't know how to win. So I think he he hasn't wanted to be there the whole time. Uh, Colin John Collins I don't think is going to move now. I was <laughs> really like if you had talked to me last week I would have been like he's definitely moving. Um, he's fascinating because people a lot of people don't know him, but his um, his offensive stats when you when you take into account like his shooting efficiency, his three point shooting, his rebounding, um, he's basically like up there with with like it was like Giannis and LeBron or something for like. Uh, forwards, putting up those kind of numbers. Uh, But I think Atlanta is going to try and, I think, I think they're going to sign him. And then if they trade him, it would be next year if he can't get along with Trey young, but -hmm. they're not, I don't think they're going to take a bad deal to get rid of him. I know Boston was like, my favorite trade rumor was that um, Atlanta asked for Jalen Brown back uh, in a deal with Boston. And Boston said, we'll give you Jalen Brown if you give us um, Collins and Trey Young. Yeah. <laughs> and Atlanta was like, click. Yeah. <laughs> um, because Danny Ainge works like I do in like fantasy leagues where if he if he sees a player he wants, he's willing to offer like anything for him. But if he thinks that there's a chance that he can fleece you, he's going to try and make you look really stupid. And that's also how I work. So I, I appreciate that, Danny Ainge. Uh, JaVale McGee is definitely going to get traded just because that's what happens every trade deadline. He'll end up on some team that's going to make a playoff run. We talked about Reddick. We talked about Lonzo. And, I just want to point out.
1: Remember, Dan, yeah. Danny Ainge is is the guy who who uh, thought it'd be a good idea to get into a fight with Michael Jordan.
0: Yeah. He also. <laughs> did you ever hear what he offered to draft? Um, uh, what's his name? The guy he was part. He he was part of the Heat. Uh, the Heat drafted him. Um, he was a guy like the. He's a forward. He's now on the Grizzlies. Oh, come on, help me out with this. Uh Winslow. So oh yeah. Yeah. He was no, on the he championship. Had such team. a boner for him. He offered four first round picks to uh to somebody, to like Charlotte to move up with them, to get him or something like that. And wow. Charlotte said no, or somebody somebody said no. They like did not take that deal. <laughs> I'm like, man, you offer me four first round picks, you can have just about anybody in the draft yeah. for that. He's, um, he's
1: turned out to be a dead. Like he didn't live up to any of direction. No, he didn't.
0: And I was really high on him. Uh, <laughs> and the last guy is Oladipo who we talked about. Like he, he should end up in Dallas. I don't know if he will. But uh, if he doesn't, if he doesn't get traded from Houston, I can't see him like showing up to work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a disaster. So they got to move him. Um, the Bulls are talked about a lot as buyers, which is interesting. They're, they're kind of right out on the edge of things. And the Knicks are talked about with everybody um well the the Celtics are are
1: kind of they're really teetering on the edge they are really not looking good certain games right now Mm -hmm. um it seems like Jalen Brown needs to be shooting well from three point range and that's the only way that they're going to win
0: I would honestly I would really consider trading him for Collins like just straight up if I was them or if you could you could sucker like a little something else back from Atlanta but yeah I think Collins is really good and Brown and Tatum are kind of redundant on the court together. I know they play; they played well together before, yeah. but I, I would be thinking about taking a swing if I was Boston.
1: It's yeah, it is looking like a hard blend of them together along with a, a point guard who you want to be able to score in Kemba Walker. Right. Um, and, and then you think about um, think about how Boston did with, uh, with, with Al Horford, Al Horford, they, they made him work. It well, within yeah. their system, he so was if they great. Made Orford work couldn't they make Collins
0: work as well? Yeah, um, he's a lot younger and a lot cheaper and can shoot. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, he's he's a really interesting piece. Uh, Minnesota was like really barking hard at him too, and, I, and I'm not sure why you know Minnesota is exactly the kind of team that needs to trade for guys, just like I was saying, the Pelicans do, and kind of like get a bunch of young guys and just keep them for a couple years. Uh, so I don't know. It's interesting. So you want to talk MVP. I know you have, you have a lot of opinions and I have, I have a, a like kind of like out of the box MVP name. i want to throw at you. So, so tell us your MVP list. All right. So things are, I think crystallizing a little bit for me. It's like, (laughs) I can see that it's
1: it's all like revealing itself. I I was, (laughs) I couldn't narrow it down to under like seven to 10 players two or three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but now I, I think we've separated the wheat from the chaff. You were saying. like
0: texting me cutoffs. You were like, this guy's
1: <laughs> off the list. This guy's yeah. off the list like every day. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, for those of you who are still in an agrarian society, we are separating the wheat from the chaff. <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense. I don't, I don't even get it. I hope but there's uh, somebody
0: listening to our podcast like out in a cornfield right now. That would yeah. make me really happy. They're
1: like, yeah, that's what I do. That's me. They're, like, I, they're talking about the, me. I drive the machine that does that. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm taking Embiid, LeBron, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant out of the conversation due to injuries, due to missing too many games.
0: I think taking Embiid out
1: is egregious, but go on. <laughs> also, basically all the nets, Durant yeah. being one of them, but Durant, Kyrie, James Harden, they they basically cannibalize each other. It's too many great <laughs> players on one team. They're right. And they're each holding each other back. Like, you know, they, they're yo-yoing. It's like Kyrie gets 40 then james harden gets you know 40 and then um you know kyrie has another like 37 point game then harden has like 30 point triple doubles and it just back and forth back and forth but the other guy um you know has lower stats next year and of course they get contributions from from joe harris and other guys on the roster too i
0: love joe harris
1: so uh yeah, I mean, I, I'm basically saying they they effectively cancel each other out as great as both Irving and Harden look. Um, so you
0: just canceled out all the lists. So who's on your
1: list? <laughs> all right, all right. So I'm essentially down to a two-man race of Luka Doncic
0: and Giannis
1: and Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo. Um, Luka's at uh, like 29 points, eight bo- eight 8.5 boards, 9.5 assists. Giannis is 29.12 and 6.5 and
0: the Mavericks are currently eighth in the West, but I, I,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think it should be as much about like you have to be on one of the top two teams in the conference or anything, but yeah, I would be nice with you to see that. them climb a little, a little bit higher. And I think they will. And, and to me, that might be what it comes down to if it's between Doncic and Giannis on stats. Um, Giannis is the bucks look to be there. They're going to be there near the top of the East at the end. And we're not sure about the Mavericks yet. And I give honorable mention right now to uh, to Nikola Jokic uh, of the Nuggets. He's at 27, 11, yeah. and eight and a half, which stacks up pretty close to those other guys. He's still a little under the radar, but like I said, the Nuggets are climbing the standings too. So those are those are my three guys, and I'm I'm canceling out those other guys. I'm canceling out uh, Lillard too, which I know is controversial because everybody gets so wowed by him when he when he puts up those ridiculous games. Um, cause he's, you know, just trying to, he's all, he's always trying to show up Steph Curry. Like he did in the all-star game when they were shooting like half court threes back and forth. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so th- those are my guys. And, and I, I just, I guess I want to say when I, when I look at these things, I value assists more than rebounds when I'm, when I'm looking at guys for the MVP race.
0: Yeah, that's um, that's becoming a trend, I think. I think rebounds are starting to be... I almost feel like we need to separate rebounds and be like, if it's an uncontested... There should be contested and uncontested rebound categories. Yeah, because it's a
1: stat... You, you, I mean, you watch the games and you see how guys get rebounds. It, it's like they get... Players will defer to like the, the bigger men on their team who usually get rebounds to get the easy rebound. When, right. when the whole team that was just on offense is already running back on defense and anybody can get the board, they're like you know, uh, like, okay, Embiid, like, you stand there, you get that board. Right, Even exactly. if it was, like, closer to the guard. Like, right. why does that stat mean anything? It, but I know? think if,
0: if if a guy, like, if a guy like Embiid or, or Giannis or one of those big guys has 12 rebounds in a game, I want to see it, like, five were contested, seven were were just generic, like, yeah. you know, it's nobody's, nobody's around the basket except me and my teammates, so I grabbed the rebound. I'd like to, like, I'm sure that's weighted in some way. So I, I look at the, the, it, it is, I, I think in,
1: in the, in those higher
0: level stats, I, I think they, they, they
1: do weight, you know, rebounds lower. Like personally, when I'm just quickly looking at a statue, I kind I cut rebounds in half. Like if I'll, I'll, I'll just add points and assists mm-hmm. together, cut the rebounds in half. Now, obviously when we're looking at overall points in the MVP race, we're also thinking about, field goal efficiency and does it actually contribute to your team winning? So that's why we're not like Bradley Beal is a shoo-in or like James Harden. um, You know, a few of the years he had, he had astronomical numbers and they still weren't one of the top teams in either league.
0: Yeah. Except the year where Chris Paul got hurt, they probably would have won the championship. Um, So (laughs) I, I, I look at the MVP as in a very matter of fact way, I take the I take the the term literally literally, like which player, if you just remove them from their team, would hurt their team the most? That's how I look at it. Like who is the most important player to their team in the league? Almost like like that's how I look at valuable. It's important to the structure of the team. So if we look at talking about like advanced stats, if we look at win shares, which is a stat that I really like. Um, and player efficiency rating, which is a stat I love, the same player leads in both, and it's Jokic. Jokic is – I think Jokic is probably the MVP. Giannis is second in um, win shares and third in player efficiency rating. All right. Where Uh, is uh, Doncic? Luka is 14th in win shares, and I think he's sixth in efficiency. But your three, your your guys who are who are high up on, um, on both are Jokic, Giannis, um, and Bede. Uh, Those are like the main three guys, and Lillard's up there for win shares, but not quite as high as for per. He drops a little bit in that category, but, so but some of
1: those. I mean, a lot of those stats, uh, of course, it, it's it's dependent on on who's on the team around them, and and it kind of seems like. Durant Irving and Harden would all be kind of handicapped by that
0: Harden's Harden's really high up there for win shares too even if his PR Uh is lower than it than it normally is I mean and I say lower like he's at 24 which is like a hall of fame level but he's normally in like a 30 which is all-timer level um and and wouldn't
1: LeBron and Curry both get an advantage because their teams just suck so much that like their rosters are they're already otherwise hurt by
0: injuries so. Right. So so I think I think Jokic I'm going to go with I think Jokic is the guy right now. Um Gobert is up there, Kwai, Zion, um Montrell's Harold is funny enough up there. He just doesn't get enough minutes. He's not that kind of player. He's just a super efficient like role player. Um Bam Stop it. Staff, what are you talking about? <laughs> but <laughs> oh Harold. He's up there for he's he's his PER is 23.2 and his win shares he's 10th. I don't care. You still have to score the ball. You have to right. put the I'm ball in the Right. I'm saying he's not, bucket. I'm not putting him up there in the MVP <laughs> conversation, but the guy I wanted to put up there that I think is worth talking about is Julius Randle. That Knicks team wins five games without him and they have 20 right now. So like I'm, I'm saying like, if you're talking about just pure value to a team, you could argue that there's no single player who's more valuable to a team than Julius Randle is to the Knicks right now. <laughs> so if,
1: if you want me to put an outside-of-the-box guy, so taking out all, all the guys who I cut from the list, and then I've got right. I've got Luka, I've got Giannis, mm-hmm. and, and I've got Jokic. Um, those those are my three. But if I had one outside-of-the-box guy, I would say Zach Levine.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's, tw- he's 19th in win shares. His PER is above 20, which is good. That means he's like an all-star, but he's not like – you know, he's still quite a bit behind. I think, I think it's Jokic. I think it's hard to argue against Jokic. If you took Jokic off Denver, are they even in the playoffs? I don't think they mm, are.
1: No, no. If it's I don't just think Donovan so.
0: Mitchell, I mean, not Donovan Mitchell, um, Jamal Murray just playing out there on his own. It's not happening. I think it's Jokic. Jokic is going to be our MVP.
1: Yeah, I, I think there's a real good chance to, and and I'd, I'd be happy with that. I, I I love that he gets some some respect over some of the guys who are a little more you know well known sort of superstars, um and, and also you know from a sort of a small market team in Denver. Um, yeah, I I think that'd be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I've let's go like with the Joker. In. I like it. I like that. Joker for MVP. All right, we're doing that. We're sticking with that one. Uh, one guy we forgot to talk about that, that actually some news came out today that I thought was really interesting is um, Pascal Siakam, who apparently blew up at Nick Church today, like like had to be held back from his coach. By oh, his he teammates. pulled a
1: spree well? Oh. Yeah, he
0: was like flipping out. Like they said beyond cursing, whatever that means. Like I, they, like, I guess it meant like he was saying personal shit about him. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if that but, means death threats, like, like Spree right. or PJ
1: Krummel. <laughs> so I love, I Well. Loved Sprewell. Uh, just as an aside, I, 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 I was, I was in class with you when that happened. I think I like brought in the newspaper article about it, <laughs> like senior year of high school. And I was like, so disappointed. Cause I was like, Oh man, like, cause I love what Spree's doing now. And he was like clearly the main man on that Warriors team at that time. Yeah. And then he was like immediately suspended and then suspended the rest of the season. And uh, and then for, for one weird year after that, I, I actually brooded for the Knicks for the first time, first and ever time in my life. Just because of Spree? Just because of Spree. <laughs> Wasn't he on the Timberwolves with Garnett? For yeah, he while? was for, for for a hot minute there. And then and that was one of those teams I was like, Oh, this is a team. Sam Cassell Kevin Garnett, did
0: Garnett dirty.
1: Latrell Spreewell, like that. Yeah. They should have stuck together longer. And Spree turned down like a four and a half million a year, you know, contract extension. I don't know. Which was a lot at the time. It was a lot at the time. And he <laughs> Which was is funny now. Of, he was getting kind of old. He was like more than ten years in the league. Yeah. And uh, and he turned it down. He's like, like, I gotta have money to feed my family. And it's like, you asshole, you just <laughs> <laughs> that was that was so shitty, and I was, and I, and I, and I loved that dude. I, I love the intensity he played with, but he was, he was probably a bit of a hate case. By the way, um, he was he played on the same team as Robert Ory in Alabama University of Alabama oh, no in shit. the early nineties. Yeah, isn't that funny? No, nobody really knew about that that team very much, but then they both had had memorable NBA careers. So
0: here, here, I want you to try. I want you to tell me who do you think uh, who do you think. Uh, has the highest usage rate in the NBA right now. So that means Mm -hmm. that they're on the ball more than anybody else.
1: Okay. So I guess my guess would be, I'd say Damian Lillard. Give me like four, three or four guys Um, and I'll tell you where they are. Lillard's fifth. Okay. I, I actually, I think Luca might be pretty high on that. Luca's number one. Yeah. Okay. Um, I wonder if there's one like people wouldn't expect.
0: Is that what you're trying to get, uh, get at? No, in the top ten, they're they're all guys. Like if you if you really like sat down, maybe one of them is surprising, but not like super surprising. Yeah, there's, there's the two guys it's, I can. It's think Luca, Beal, JoJo, Giannis, and Dame are yeah. the top five. Giannis was my other guy, and I was the thinking one like, who's surprising is John Wall is tenth. That's a little, but also that oh, team wow. kind of is trash so i guess it's not that surprising now another fun one who do you think are the most the guys who affect the game defensively the most
1: hmm. well jim green is like the best defensive player ever as he
0: just declared the other day <laughs> he did and so. he's not um i'm, I'm <laughs> scrolling and i'm not seeing him he's not, I don't not even know where he is um
1: I, you know he's, I not, guess he's I got...
0: not having a great year <laughs> I guess I gotta say Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi is, is also not on here. I don't think he plays enough.
1: <laughs> that guy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what his deal is. He, he's like <laughs> he learned from Duncan how to how to wait it out. Yeah, he's he's the guy who's like you know I'm taking one of those like arrest game like every the number one. So pretty obvious, so obvious
0: if you if you think about it. It's the best team. It's the main guy on the best team. The main defensive guy on the best team.
1: Um. Main defensive guy on the best. He's a very
0: large man, known for swatting the shit out of the ball.
1: Rudy Gobert.
0: Yeah, Gobert. Oh, okay, okay. It's Gobert, Giannis, Braun. Which yeah. is something Giannis that was the guy. Who, uh, next guy, I was going to say. Randall is fourth on defensive win shares. Wow. Tied with Jokic. I love wow. it. No, a tied with LeBron ahead of Jokic. Then okay. it's Embiid and Simmons, DeAndre Ayton, Vucevic, and Sabonis. That's our top ten. That's pretty good. Wow. Yeah, good. Yeah. Good for DeAndre. Ayton, Somehow you know, Tobias Harris is twelfth in defensive win shares. That means three Sixers mm-hmm. are in the top twelve. And uh, with um, with uh, what's his name, uh, the kid knocking on the door too. Uh, oh my! Uh, oh my God! What's the kid's name? The defensive wizard on the Sixers. Why am I forgetting his name? Thibault. Thibault's oh, up yeah. there, and so is um and Superman too. There's there's a lot of uh Sixers got some D. And Danny Green's in there too. There's a lot well, of Philly on defensive wind chairs grinding it. Philly grinding hard. There's like I, I five think, or six guys in the top I, thirty. I
1: think it's Doc Rivers. I think that's got to be coaching. Could be. And, and that could be like the, that. That could be the key factor why they they could actually have a shot this year. they shot. do.
0: They definitely have a yeah. shot. So so the Lakers are are in trouble. You think that the the Warriors should just pack it in? Yep. And and just let Wiseman play. Like forty minutes a game for the rest of the year and get his reps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see if he can play. Uh, that means they should trade Wiggins, right? That means they should trade Wiggins and try and get something. Uh, yeah. or Ubre because Ubre, I think, is uh, his contract might be up at the end of the year. I, so, I don't think
1: they're going to need um, one of them. They're not going to need one of them when they when they get Clay back next year. Um, right. I, I'd say probably Ubre becomes like I like Wiggins better right now. For. Or, no, I'm sorry. I, I actually kind of like Ubre better right now for the He's team. He's playing and good I, all of a sudden. Yeah, but I think when you're looking into the future, um, I could see him not being part of the offensive flow as much as Wiggins, who could get some more other scoring opportunities that are different than what Clay and Steph do.
0: So. Yeah, I mean, Clay... Didn't Clay have a game where he scored like 40 points without dribbling or something once? Yeah. <laughs> where he just was like, they've thrown the ball and he wouldn't yeah. even dribble. He was just like bang, three. Well, he bang, bang, bang.
1: I think it was like 61 points in three quarters, and then they like yeah.
0: sat him the
1: rest of the time and, and
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I miss having Clay out there. I really uh the thing that I think we're gonna I think we're not gonna see a decline in his offense since it's just based on standing still and shooting anyway. But Clay was Clay was a really uh often overlooked defensive player and oh, i oh he's a hell of a defender yeah, yeah he was he was a damn good perimeter defender and when they had when they had him green durant and igadawa out there all at the same yeah. time that was a fucking monster of a defensive wall and it didn't matter that steph curry can't guard anybody because you had four incredible perimeter defenders out there and draymond who draymond is a brilliant defender i think like People give him a lot of shit because he punches people in the balls, but <laughs> he um he I Draymond's a really brilliant defender. I remember a couple weeks ago there was a highlight of him fucking up a four-on-one. It was like four on one against him, and he just demolished it. They were just like, oh my God, Draymond's there. It was like the guy, like the big boss at the end of a video game or something, and they like got panicked and freaked out. Yeah, he, he
1: knows where to space himself. He he's also the big, the big talker out there who basically yeah. bosses them all around, tells them where to be um tells him you know what gaps to fill mm-hmm. so it's it isn't as simple as like he you know there's situations where where clay was the better like strictly on the ball defender when you knew right. guy was going to go one-on-one but overall um sort of the captain of their defense it's it's been Draymond.
0: yeah he's i mean Draymond's gonna sniff the hall of fame with completely asked out offensive stats uh would you, would you say Draymond's a better defensive player than Ben Wallace was? I think that's, that's a really good question. Because Ben Wallace, like maybe the, if anybody's younger and listening might not know it, Ben Wallace was a game-changing defensive player. Uh, he, ben Wallace had like, was like a four-time, four or five-time defensive player of the year. He was in the top 10 in MVP, MVP voting for like five years in a row with like six points a game. That's how yeah, like, he Yeah, like the guy
1: could barely score 10 points a game.
0: Yeah. And, and he helped the um, the uh, Detroit
1: the Pistons, Pistons win yeah. the
0: championship in 2004 they, over they the Kobe two, Shaq right? Lakers. Yeah, they, they won one and they went to the They lost to the Spurs in yeah. – a, a playoff series that the whole world hated except me because I thought it was like the greatest basketball. <laughs> just yeah, they like, Ben
1: Wallace, Rasheed Wallace, Chauncey Billups, uh, Prince. Richard Rip Hamilton, Tayshaun yeah, Prince. That was a really good team. It was, and it was this gritty Larry Brown coached team. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I oh. See, you know, really it's, it's sort of good. a different question, it's sort of not fair to play, and he had a, a fro but an interior defender like Ben Wallace uh, and a, and a blocker and a guy who stops, who clogs up the interior against more of a perimeter defender, like Draymond. You think um, he's more of a
0: perimeter defender?
1: A little bit. Yeah. He, I don't think he is really in between With- to perimeter. I don't think he, he, he's not, he's not like a blocks guy, you know, he's, no. he's a lane. He destroys the lanes is what yeah. he does. He, he, he kind of stops the, the in between. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's almost impossible to make that comparison you'd have to put ben wallace up against other great um centers uh defensively i i don't know you know dwight, How- dwight howard had a White. few years where yeah. he was really focused on stopping everything inside and getting mm-hmm. lots of
0: blocks um, and Embiid's up there i think people people Embiid's so spectacular on offense that um if you watch the sixers a lot though you see like you know, for as good as their whole defense is, you see a drop when Embiid's not in there, you know? And like I said, w- but I said, there's six Sixers in the top 36 of defensive win shares. So they got a lot of guys, including Simmons, who is an all world defender out there. Uh, I w- one thing before we go, I want to say like that, uh, about Giannis too, that, that the game over the weekend, the Sixers bucks game, which I think was like the, the big weekend game, um, was uh or last week it was Giannis had a play where he Giannis and the 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 Sixers came back and tied the game to go into overtime and then Giannis Giannis went full beast mode Giannis
1: went crazy in overtime yeah yeah including he he,
0: he slit the Sixers throat and we did and and Jojo wasn't out there so there is a little asterisk on it but that was kind of like Giannis's signature game of the season so far including fucking breaking Simmons down off the dribble from like the free throw line and just like ripping past him. Like he was like, you know, Dame Lillard or some like tiny little guard with like rockets on his shoes. It was, it was pretty damn impressive. Giannis is like woken up. I was calling him out a little bit a couple weeks ago, but, uh, and he's shooting the three. That's terrifying. If Giannis, if Giannis starts like shooting like 35% from three all, or like, or, or start sneaking up towards 40, Holy shit. Like that's a whole, that's, that's the guy who's the MVP. Giannis driving to the hoop like he's a guard and stepping back threes and still doing all the other things he does, that's terrifying.
1: It's like – can you imagine a guy like 20, 25 years ago who was even close to that all-around game at that it's, – it's like if, if Sean Kemp became a three-point shooter in his heyday.
0: Like and also the, dribbled
1: this, more. <laughs> the super dominant sort of 6'10 mm-hmm. dude who could who could dunk on anybody – yeah, and it's like unfair to give give a guy like that a three point shot when they're still in their athletic prime. You know, it used to be these power forwards and centers would kind of um, gravitate out, out towards the three point line as they got older. Mm-hmm. Um, but to have a guy who could do that in in their prime, while that also can get to the hoop easily, that's that's
0: scary. That could be a fun, um, maybe in the off season, we could have like when we're not doing quite as many shows, we could do one where we talk about like what <laughs> older players would we want to see what they could do if they were trained in like the modern style of basketball. Um, and Sean Kemp would certainly be one of those. And of course that's like yeah. for people listening, like just saying the rain man's name is like catnip to me. I have his Jersey. <laughs> it's literally the only basketball Jersey I've ever owned. And I've owned two of them are two Sean Kemp jerseys. Uh, he's my favorite basketball player of all time, because I love the Rain Man. For me, uh,
1: Latrell Sprewell, we talked about him earlier, he's one of my favorites of all time. I kind of liken him to what, um, because of today's game, Jimmy Butler had to become. Uh, Latrell Sprewell was like... Spree would be nasty. Spree was very similar to that, but never worked as much to get a consistent three-point shooter. He was a rhythm shooter. When when he Mm -hmm. got hot because of all the other aspects of the game and running out on fast breaks and doing everything, then he would start to get in a shooting rhythm, but he wasn't a, a, a real shooter. He was more a scorer. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'd, I'd love to see a, a, a nasty guy like that with that kind of intensity um, on both sides of the floor. Also adding the kind of shot
0: that the guys do these days. That's a good one. All right. So we got to save some of those. All right. So uh, we got, let's see how many the player, the teams are up to, they're in the forties. Everybody's in the, like, almost the mid forties of games. So there's like what 20, Third 25 or 30 games left we're not going they, to 82 i think they're going to 72 72 okay so I think. so yeah we're like uh we're, we're approaching the three-quarter mark we're not that far away so the trade deadline it's wednesday night now the trade deadline will be thursday at 3 p.m eastern standard time and uh i hope that when we come on next we'll have some um we'll have, we'll have some more tournament to talk about all we'll the trades to talk about anything that happened any buyouts that are happening as as we start seeing these playoff rosters put together and, uh, and we'll see how the Lakers are are hobbling along. They've lost two in a row and, uh, and falling three in a row. Actually.
1: I got to hit you with one, one highlight of stats right now. (laughs) Please do the, the Mavs and the Blazers faced off the other day. Luka Doncic had 37 points, seven boards, four assists. Lillard had 19 points, one board, four assists. Dallas won by 40 points
0: where was Boom. the game where what? was the game
1: was it in where dallas
0: it? i i don't know <laughs> well you got like maybe you know the does, nuggets does could it matter? back. To back. Is, i mean the blazers i mean back are to fans back.
1: even allowed them. not many it's not like a no home but court travel matters situation. and
0: back to back you know the best the best bet in all of sports is betting against the road team who's on the back Who, end of a who's back-to-back. on the back to back yeah that's like if you ever want to just like make money percentage wise just throw 10 bucks against every point spread for the visiting team at the back end of a back-to-back.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying I'm taking that one data point and that's making my case on the MVP race. I'm Okay. Saying so Luca is <laughs> Luca. on
0: a 22 and 19 team. <laughs> uh, he's got the ball in his hands more than anybody in the league. And they beat the Blazers. On by 40 points. By and 40. he basically <laughs> doubled up Dame Lillard. And I love Luca. I don't think he's the MVP this year. I think he's <laughs> going to be at some point I'm going Jokic, then Julius Randle. That's my MVP votes. <laughs> Julius
1: Randle,
0: I love it. I love Julius Randle. All right, Frank. Uh, All right, that was awesome and fun. And we'll be back soon. And thanks for listening, everybody. You want? You got any messages for the fans, Frank? Um, just uh,
1: just have fun watching the NCAA tournament. Go Alabama because I have them in one of my brackets.
0: So your brackets are <laughs> fucked. Actually, Frank and I are like the worst two in terms of most points cor- or most picks correct. But we are, we're both in like the top five or 10 for potential points left over <laughs> because we're the, we're like, we're, we're one of the few whose like final four teams that haven't been completely fucked yet. So we're both hanging in there.
1: <laughs> yeah. I've, I've got some hope with that Alabama team that just shoots three at a ridiculous still alive? rate.
0: Are they still alive? Arkansas's still alive. Yeah. That's the team. It, every, you know, every year, because I don't watch until the tournament and I pick the tournament based purely on like CBS sports is like, like statistical rankings that they give. Um, Every year there's a team that I watch and I'm like, shit, if I had watched any games, I would have known that I love this team and I would have picked him. And Arkansas is that team for me. I really love Arkansas. They're fun to watch. And Houston's good too. I, I, Yeah. I love watching their defense. They, uh, they called back
1: against Rutgers. They were down. That was a fun game. 10 points late. And then that was a great game.
0: That was a hell of a game. Uh, I mean, Gonzaga is the big dog. No pun intended. Actually pun intended. I did that on purpose. Uh, So, I've, I've got Alabama over Houston in my championship
1: game in my one bracket. So that that shows you right there. If if they get there and not the Gonzagas and other teams that people know more about, then I got a shot.
0: I got I got Gonzaga over Houston, so I'm still alive. Okay. I got three of my Final Four teams still alive. That's interesting. So, yeah. yeah. So we'll see. We'll hang in there. All right, Frank. I'll talk All to right. you soon. Bye, everybody. All right. See you. Your ear, Podcast
1: Network.